Hello and welcome back to the In The Round podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Will Hunt, and joining me this week, like every week, is sports media's number one, number one, Joel Linton, correspondent. It's Mr. Mike Breslin. Hello, everyone. Uh, Mike, quick question. Given Joel Linton is um, not allowed to play in the Euros, who is replacing him? Not that anyone could replace him, but who is replacing him as your, your player of choice through the Euros? I'm assuming it's someone who is... Also, as talented and underappreciated as Joel Linton is. Well, who is the the Turkey backup striker? Because that's going to be <laughs> that's going to be my man. I've just just drawn them in the uh, in our sweepstake. Uh, so it's not Yilmaz because he's a bit good for that role. So, uh, well, uh, should we just go for under? No, no. The Leicester no. player. It's got to be Enos Unal, Mike. No no. no, 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 it's got to be Yusuf Yazizki. He might play. He's good, Will. He's yeah, won I know, the league for Lille. Yeah, I know he's good. Are you trying to say oh. good? Oh, come on. Yeah. That other... I'll, I'll find one. I'll tweet it out. That other... He's going to Khalil Devazogli, the Galatasaray guy. He's 21, two caps, one goal. He's a striker. Uh, that sultry voice you hear, ladies and gentlemen, is that of David Harris, uh, the South Dutch statistician. And let me tell you, the pronunciation game for this podcast is going to be interesting. Because yeah. we were talking about... Hey, hello. D- oh, God. Yeah, uh, we were against... I don't think that's too bad. Too well, bad actually, Loy, and it was just not good. Anyway. I can't say his name, the yeah. second one you said. <laughs> you could say Simeone, so it's not so <laughs> Um, so in case you haven't guessed everyone this is our um, Euros pod sort of like ahead of Friday's um, kick off hey, what Turkey kicking it off against Italy I've made that up, made uh, that up. sorry I'm just building my Euro 21 wall chart here let me just have a look good for stuff <laughs> um, but yeah it is it is Italy Turkey is, on Friday oh well kick it's off, the group decider off. Yeah, it's group we'll, get, we'll get into that in a minute. <laughs> but um, we thought that we'd go group by group just to have a look at some of the um, who we think is going to win and some of the interesting players and teams that we're looking forward to seeing in there. So without further ado, oh, and by the way, um, just a quick note that um, congratulations for, for, to Phil Foden for winning the PFA Young Player of the Year. Um, he's had a tough week. Well, he's had a tough month, hasn't he? So it's just nice to see him get a bit of a bit of an excitement i mean when he was handed the bottle of champagne mike he dropped it so um he's not <laughs> one of the bottle to be honest though but anyway without further ado on to the euros um let's start with group a which is now you're ready Dave, because this is a blockbuster group italy switzerland turkey and wales what do you make of that group dave do you see a potential uh, tournament winner there oh, i don't know about that but i mean it, it could be an interesting group um don't think any of those teams really strike me as being particularly bad. Um I mean Switzerland and Turkey Wales still have some decent players. Uh, not Granite Jacker, sorry Ross if you're listening. Um Italy obviously uh, on paper the better team there, but when you think of Italian teams over the years it's it's not really a uh like golden generation of Italian players, so Italy. Over there. Oh come on, well, Italy isn't really like it's not carrying the weight of playing Italy. Same as Holland, 
I would say, which we'll get onto later. So I think this group could be quite open. Some pretty good games. Um, so yeah, um, tune in when Italy have won all three games, and it's not been remotely close at all. Um, right, Mike. After the crushing realization that both of your teams in our sweepstake for you are in this group, um, how are you feeling about a potential winner for this group? No, pretty good, to be honest. I've got Italy and Turkey, and I think they'll make the final, and that'll be it. Jobs are good. Um, I, I think Italy's squad, to be fair, is a little better than what Dave may have just given yeah, the credit for. Yeah, harsh. Um, you've still got the mighty duo of Chiellini and Benucci at the back, so... Yeah, combined age of 94. That. <laughs> that might not be far off. Chiellini's over there hoping they put a bell in the ball, to be honest. <laughs> it's the only way he's going to find it um, but yeah I mean they've got some good options going forward Immobile's had another good season Chiesa from Juventus might be one to watch as well Bernadeschi obviously from Juve people may have seen in the Champions League and then midfield J5 obviously in there J5 European champion J5 and Amazon as well um, Pellegrini, Verratti, etc. So there's still some big names. Obviously, you've got Donnarumma in goal, so that that position's pretty well sorted. I think they they've got a pretty decent team all over the pitch, and they'll 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 be going into this confident that at least they should be getting out of the group, and well, probably a lot further, really. It's sort of interesting because I on paper this squad's way better than the one that Antonio Conte sort of got so much out of at the last Euros. But um, I was reading a, I was reading one of Michael Cox's uh, um, previews of Italy and ahead of the Euros, and he was saying that they've sort of transitioned to a style under Mancini that's kind of like um, uh, a bit more like what they had under Prandelli, where they control the ball and. Um, which obviously makes sense when you consider that midfield trio of Barella, um, Giorginio and Verratti. So I'm quite, I, I don't know, I, I, I'm not saying that they're going to go and win the whole thing, but I think they could be they could be really good and they could be certainly interesting to watch. Um, speaking of teams that are a bit of a dark horse, Mike, we were talking just before the podcast started about that we're big fans of the potential of this Turkey team. Yeah, I can't say that I know that much about a lot of the names in this squad, obviously we know a few of them. Um, but looking at their results, qualifying-wise, they um, topped their group. I think. Uh, no, sorry, they were second in their group behind France, and they were only two points behind France. Obviously, we know what we all think of that France team. Um, I think France. Favorite <laughs> favorites coming into this tournament, uh, and actually, Turkey went through that qualifying phase. They beat France and drew with them. So. They're clearly a team to watch out for, um, and I think we was, they may have beaten the Netherlands quite heavily. I don't know if I've made that up. Six nil, I think it was. Six nil, yeah, which caused a bit of a bit of a Barney, obviously in Holland, which as certainly, you can imagine, yeah. certainly caused a stir when my uh, my old housemate at uni, who is uh, a Turkish man, decided to was texting me every time a goal when he's like six nil, Barakio Maz. Um, <laughs> that name, Barakio Maz, obviously key to um, Lille's title win in France. A few people have called for him, including Julian Lorenzo, as his head screwed on, for player of the year. So obviously they've got, they have actually got some real talent, Chana Holu. Um, that said, 
Looking at the remaining two, I mean, not much to be said about the Swiss. They seem to turn up and perform pretty average in every tournament. But Dave, obviously, from a sort of the, the UK stance, um, Wales, um, obviously incredibly tumultuous with Ryan Giggs' um, behaviour. But what do you yep. think of their chances at this tournament? Because obviously they were the surprise package last time, man. Yeah, I mean, it, you can't. I feel like you can't necessarily write them off because of how they they managed okay. to play last last time. However, uh, the squad. Oh my god, it's it's bad. It, it's really bad. This squad that they have. Um, I mean, you've got a a past his peak. It seems Gareth Bale. Uh, then they've they've given some call ups to players. Oh my god, Dan James, of course, is actually one of the best. Oh man. He's one of their best players. Oh, Performed re- reasonably well in qualifying, though, and in some of their pre-tournament warm-ups. They actually gave a good account of themselves in, against... Um, oh, God, who was it? I don't know. I can't France? remember. Yeah. Is it France? France? It was France. It France. Had, no, it was, it was France, and they had 10 men, didn't they, with yeah. Neko Williams getting sent off? Yeah, but no... Can I just say that the refs in pre-tournament friendly should not be sending people off unless they've literally killed someone. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Uh, it, it's weird, the, isn't the it? The French didn't want that, and the Welsh certainly didn't want that. It was good for neither team. Yeah. No. Sorry about that. What do you have to do to get sent off in a friendly? Like You you've, you must like have turned around and lamped someone. That's the only way you should be getting sent off in a pre-tournament friendly. Well, that's what I think, but apparently this ref looking to climb. Yeah, the it's just a ha- it's just a handball. Was it Anthony Taylor? <laughs> um, what a surprise! I did it around podcast. We might have left the Premier League, but we're still complaining about refs. Um, should we move on to? Um, oh, Mike, you were uh, you had a betting angle you wanted to go with. Oh yeah, so on the back of uh, this, we may well pick dark horses later, but I think Turkey to win the group at thirteen to two. It's quite nice. The other one that I was looking at was Wales to finish bottom, uh, which is let it load eleven to eight. But I, I hate being down on the home nations because I'm buzzing that Wales are there and Scotland and England. But I think they're going to find it tough in this group, and they could well finish bottom. Those would be my two little fancies in this yeah, group. I, I think they're along with Switzerland, clearly the weaker of the people in the group. And then when you consider just all the shenanigans with Ryan Giggs it's just not going to help them anyway um moving on to group B um obviously Belgium Denmark Finland Russia Dave only one winner here really at least on paper um what do you make of Belgium's chance of winning it all um it's a strange one isn't it really because you look at the age of some of these players and and you could argue that this Belgium crop of players is maybe the best probably one of the best generations if not the best generation of players they've had you look at the age of them it's sort of the last last time they have really i know the world cup's only actually what is it probably 18 months away because it's in the winter but when you give another 18 months to players like alder around vertonghen um you know they they could actually be a bit past it by then so it'll be nice to see this crop of players do something um but I mean, in terms of their group, I would I would expect them to be pretty good. I mean, Denmark could be okay in a, in a game and a bit competitive. 
Same with Russia, but I'd still expect them to, to easily win this group. I mean, last time we saw them in a major tournament, um, they, they did lost, get done. They got by... all the way, all the way to the semi-finals, lost on a set-piece goal to the eventual winners, France. So obviously they performed well last time, but Mike going into this tournament with injury concerns around their two best players, Eden Hazard and um, Kevin De Bruyne, how much does that decimate their chances? Do you think? That is pretty much their their main worry. Uh, Hazard, obviously, one of the key men up top for them, creating stuff, scoring goals. Um, you'd be looking at the likes of Dries Mertens from Napoli, probably, or uh, Premier League fans will know Trossard from Brighton. He's another option they've got they've got there. But as far as replacing De Bruyne, yeah, it's going to be a difficult task, I'd imagine. Tielemans will start next to Witzel probably, and then Witzel, yeah. who's also it's... struggling with injury, hasn't played, hasn't Witzel, played many games he's in February. Also, really? what, he must be 32, 33 now as well. Yeah, yeah. It, it really does strike you as the the final chance. The one thing I will say yeah. about Belgium is that they have a striker in Lukaku's absolutely red hot yeah. form. He's just gonna he's gonna score goals, and whether or not they can get through based on that is we'll see I mean he's the favourite to be the top scorer by the way yeah he'd be my pick um, unsurprisingly it, it is interesting that in the past you've sort of had Kevin De Bruyne Hazard and Lukaku to sort of take you past the absolute train wreck that is Roberto Martinez's management um, maybe with that and this time we'll see uh, we'll see Belgium finally move on no, honestly, I'm, I'm not done. It, imagine having a golden generation and going, we'll get the lab from Wigan. <laughs> yeah, I know. It oh, is bloody God. mental, it's isn't ridiculous, it? Ridiculous, isn't it? Um, He's who managed Everton. They always get fired and go upwards. Honestly. Yeah, Coman somehow flipping <laughs> Barca. That's just Coman. You've got Ancelotti now at Madrid as well. I'm sure? not going to bring Ancelotti oh. into it because he's already a good manager, though. He, he, he did he did a terrible job at Everton. Awful job, really. Like, I, I've watched Ancelotti watching Everton. You were watching him play, and you're like, you're like, what? Firstly, what's the style? But then in in games, you just watch him make the simplest like tactical mistakes. He was, he, he it, knows better than this. He was very fortunate there wasn't fans at Goodison Park this year. I think. Yeah, I think he was too. Um, I think we're all fortunate that. Fans in Liverpool Stadium. Hey, oh, that's the one dig per podcast. Um, anyone got anything to say about Denmark, Finland, or Russia? <laughs> anyone? Well, hopefully Russia aren't doping again. Um, so Cherishev <laughs> doesn't turn into allegedly. Fine. Oh, let, let me say, well, Cherishev is not ever going to perform how he did that 2018 World Cup ever again. Um, Finland. I mean. Yeah, they're probably the weakest team in the group. Denmark have a couple of good players, though. They um, do, actually, don't they? I, I think out of the rep, best of the rest, I'd, I'd back Denmark to come second, uh, really. Mike, you got any big bets on this group? Uh, well, the only thing I can say is I have no idea why Belgium to win the group is, is four to five, so that's my bet here. That's um, not bad. Just less, yeah, it's not just bad odds, less, is it? Just a bit of odds on, but I have no idea why they're not shorter than that they seem like yeah. the major favorites here and only a, a bit of a brain fart from roberto martinez which is very possible can stop them 
Um, I read, I was reading, I was reading that if Italy finished second in their group, obviously Belgium would play them if they win their group. So would that affect how Belgium tried to qualify? Nah, you, you, to beat the best, you have got to beat the best, you know. Love that, said, I, I agree. As I has agree. been said, so you might as well get Italy out of the way. I agree. I do just want to make one comment in that um, Roberto Martinez has got it wrong for so long it's no longer a brain fart and he's just his brain. <laughs> um, <laughs> me and Mike uh, viewers did want, did say at the last World Cup that if Belgium were to win the World Cup with Martinez as the manager we would um, give up football. Uh, and I think it stands here too. Um, <laughs> Third favourites for the whole thing by the way. Yeah, sod off. Which is um, crazy. With the, with the ghost of with the ghost of Jan Vertonghen playing centre-back. Um, group C, Austria, Netherlands, North Macedonia and the Ukraine. Bit of an odd one, this. Um, Dave, yeah. hand up. You want to go first? This is at school, but go ahead. Well, I, I was going to say, just before anyone brushes past him, North Macedonia have Goran Pandev, so what yeah. a player. Um, yeah, it's a strange group. I feel Holland have been... Holland, Netherlands, whatever you want to call them. The Dutch... The Dutch. They've been uh, been given a pretty favourable group, I would say, here. I mean, Austria obviously have a couple of good players uh, on Altovic, Alaba, Sibitza. Um, Ukraine pretty much. I don't know who they even have now. Jan well, you know, you know, Konopo- you know manages them. Shevchenko's in charge. Yeah, Shevchenko. I mean, Holland... I, I, I think this group's really open. However, I do think Holland are better than they were, you know, in the last few years. They they had that horrible period where they had like that Robin Van Persie, all those players sort of were a similar age and they disappeared. Holland do have some better players now. For a second, though, you like that horrible era where they had Van Persie and Robert. I'm like, no, 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 no. When the, when they fell Stop. off the hill and they were playing like you know like Jeremy Lands and people in the national team, at least they do have like De Jong, De Ligt. Obviously, Wijnaldum, I'd say, is still a pretty good player. Um, Memphis Depay is probably in the best form that he's yep. he's ever been in, arguably. Um, and he managed to stay injury free this year, so that. That's a big help. Um, yeah, I, I can't really look past them for this group. And then I think, yeah, I mean, there could be some shock results in this one, but I'm still back Holland to, to go through at top. But who knows, to be honest, what's going to go on between Austria and Ukraine. And who knows, North Macedonia, that they might not be awful. Uh, I'd like to look past the Netherlands. What for this group? Yeah, I'm picking really? Ukraine six to one. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I, Why? Well, essentially, Shevchenko's going to sub himself on, is he? This is on their their qualifying where they. Uh, here we are. They top top their group unbeaten in qualifying ahead of Portugal and Serbia. I think if you can carry that sort of form in into this tournament, you've got a decent chance. I know on paper their squad doesn't look that good. But I think they could surprise a few people here. They've got uh, they've got a really good they got a really good player in the middle of the park a place for Atalanta I was reading about today and I can't remember his name and I wish. Uh, I... Kovalenko, isn't it? No, no, it, it begins with an M and I'm sorry for butchering it, but he's had a really good. It's season. Malinowski. Malinowski, yeah. Um, obviously they got Zinchenko. I mean, 
my thing about the Ukraine is, in terms of the talent on paper, I think they're weaker than, they're certainly weaker than the Dutch, certainly weaker than Austria. But you just, so much of international football is sort of based around how long someone's had with you and how you play and how much you can almost galvanise. And it's less about the tactics and more about just that energy and stuff. So, again, a surprise. I, I think this is a, yeah, I think this is a group to watch out for, to um, be honest. The Netherlands are coached by De Boer. Palace legend, Frank De Boer. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, that, a, I mean, that's, a, that's, that's another X by their name. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> uh, they are favourites. They, they definitely are the favourites for this yeah, well, group. But I, I think they can be definitely can be a surprise, and they can be got at. Yeah. Well, I mean, on paper, so much when you look at international football and teams, you're just saying about a spine. Um, Delict De Jong, Depay, is a good spine, isn't it? I mean, that's Depay, pretty damn good. Depay is ludicrously talented. So, and he's really coming of age this year in France. So. We'll see. We'll see, won't we? Um, <laughs> you ready for the big one, lads? Are oh, you ready for the big one? Group D, Croatia, the Czech Republic, Scotland and England. Um, let's get straight down to it, Dave. Why is it coming home? Well, uh, Gareth's going to drop free at the back when we get dominated by Shea Adams. He can play four at the back. Then I'm going to go unbeaten. And whoever they want to put in the final against us, maybe France. Um, unfortunately, Kane scoring five in the final. So yeah. simple as that, really. Beautiful. The if I mean, if Che Adams does score against us, the England fans will, of course, boo because they think he's um, related to Che Guevara. Um, so the England defence, <laughs> given that they're a bunch of Marxists, might just um, part. Um, it's just the way yeah. it is, isn't it? Unfortunately. Um, Mike, let's take a serious note for a second what how do you rate england's chances of winning the whole thing they they've got a chance I, I think going forward i mean everyone knows this already but going forward we are pretty special i think have the potential okay. special well yeah we could be pretty special the last two warm-up I games mean, have not have not really shown that um sterling special mike maybe not by the definition of the other players you think is special but um dave <laughs> I, uh, I'm really Come hoping on, he's been terrible for like 18 months. Yeah. I'm hoping that he doesn't start the first game, but we'll, we'll anyway, we'll see what happens. That's up to Southgate, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's at the back that really worries me. Watching Mings the other night was... He's he's a footballing terrorist. That's the only way to describe that man. <laughs> Dave's having one tonight. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So it's going to be Stones plus, well, Ben White might be, the 26th man might just walk straight into the defence, to be honest, the way he played the it way he played last night. It is weird, isn't it? Because you're assuming Maguire's not going to be fit. So if you're playing a back two, if you're back two against Croatia, is Mings and Stones? I can't watch that. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know what to do with that, to be honest. Uh, I can't that's... watch that. I think you have to go three if you if you're going to play them two, and I don't want to go three. But um, yeah, it's really at the back that worries me. Even a little bit in midfield, Henderson's fitness is still pretty much unknown, despite his 45 minutes. I'm all on Rice and Bellingham being the two. 
Like, I was just, I was thinking about this. I'm like, after the first game where, all right, let's just be a bit more secure. I was thinking for the le- for the last two games where, in theory, and this won't happen because I've said it, um, but in theory, they should take the game to both the Czech Republic and Scotland. I'm all for play Bellingham and Bellingham and Rice. Mount, let's play Bellingham, Rice and Mount as the midfield three. Let's play whoever on the wings. I don't care. And Harry Kane up front. And let's just tell those two number eights, just go run at them. <laughs> just see what happens. And that would be the best. I, I would like to see that. I, yeah. I don't know that that's what he'll do. Well, maybe he will for this, the second couple of games. But I just think he certainly won't. I think the first game will be Rice and Phillips, most likely. Yeah, I think it will too. I just, for, with England, I think there's a tendency that we talk we are talking about and I was thinking about this the other day to sort of say look let's be secure and let's try and win the game but you win the games by playing to your strengths and it is clear as day that England's strengths are that they've got an inordinate number of fullbacks and they're incredibly strong going forward and they've got a good midfield so why not play on those strengths like if you invite pressure on to John Stones and Tyrone Mings. Like, I mean... Bad, that's bad, like, bad. Yeah, it's like building a, a tower on quicksand, isn't it? It's just going to collapse. <laughs> it, I mean, it just is. No matter how good your fullbacks are and the guys in front of them are, if, you, if you're going to let people get at, yeah, Mings and Stones, that really worries me. Yeah. Um, yeah. I and mean, then we don't know who's going to be in goal. I'm assuming it's Pickford. Yeah, which is... The shame. Jo- Johnston made a really good save last night. Look, everyone knows my thoughts on Jordan Pickford. Um, I tell you what else about England. It's it's going to be weird because the warm up games have been obviously whoever's been there yeah. because of the Champions League and stuff. Because so, so do you? Because <laughs> of uh, Chelsea winning the Champions League. Thanks, Mike. Um, but so are you just going to drop like? I assume you are just going to drop Stone straight back in and Foden probably in and and then maybe Chilwell depending on who you go with at left look, back. Look, if it, it, look, you can't be a serious team and line up against Croatia not playing Mason Mount. I agree. No, I agree. I agree. He, they should both hundred percent should both be in there, but yeah. but they haven't played with England for well, I don't know how long it is. But I, I, I thought in the first warm-up game where Kane played, you got a sense of you got a sense of what actually I think England are going to do, which is they're going to have Harry Kane doing what he wants to do now, which is drop deeper, and you have to have three. You've basically got to have three runners around him, and that, whether that's Mount Foden and Grealish or whether that's Mount Foden and Rashford, I th- I, that's can what you've got to do. Yeah, I've been. Tr- I want it to be Mount Foden and Grealish, but can it be that? Do you need a, Rash, a Rashford or a Sterling to actually get on their bike a bit? Well, Foden and Foden and Grealish are quick, and Mount is deceptively quick too. I know they're not rapid like those two, but quite frankly, Raheem, we've seen nothing from Sterling to suggest that he's going to sort out his form. Rashford's and, not had a really good season, kind of under the radar either. Well, Rashford's got carrying a bit of a knock, so I, I would I would probably, and he won't, he won't like this and people won't like this, I'd probably have him more in a, coming off the bench because his pace is going to terrify people later on. Yeah, Stephen Warnock was, I was listening to one of the Football Daily podcasts earlier and Stephen Warnock was saying they're horrible off the bench when like a, a Rashford or a Sterling comes on yeah. and you're knackered and then this guy's just charging at you. With, so I, 
I think that is a good point that yeah. you make. Um, looking at the other home nations, Scotland, um, obviously led by European champion Billy Gilmore. Dave, what do you <laughs> make of Scotland and their chances of getting out of the group? Looked all right in the um, warm-up games. Yeah, I think um, I don't think they looked too bad, to be honest. Um, certainly, be interesting to see see them play. I'm quite interested about this group as a whole, but. I think Scotland, yeah, they have a couple of good players. Like and Andy Robertson's obviously excellent. Wonderful. Player. Tierney, if they. Player. I, they seem yeah. to have worked out how to get them both into both the team. Both in the team, yeah. How? They're playing they play Tierney's playing Yeah, left Tierney's back. left centre back. Oh, fair enough, I can see that. And then, to be honest, they're, they're not too bad in, in other areas. Like, obviously, there's Gilmore, McTominay, to be honest, is, is probably McGinn. quite good for a Scottish player. John McGinn. <laughs> Probably um, quite good for a Scottish player. Yeah, when you, usual, when you think of usual usual Scottish midfielders, this is probably the best crop they've had for a while. <laughs> yeah, so, oh yeah. Stuart yeah. Armstrong's a good player at Southampton as well. They're, yeah, yeah. Who's up from Yeah, that's the problem. That's the problem. Dykes and Adams, yeah. Shay Adams is okay. Lyndon Dykes is like a bang average championship striker. So Shay Adams, if he takes a knock or doesn't perform they don't really have anyone else to turn to i, li- I like adams he's not he's gonna score three against england now i've said this he's not particularly clinical though like we've seen at times at southampton that's that's, that's my one worry well my major worry with scotland's chances but um no i don't know mike um what about um last time's uh world cup finalists croatia what do you make of them yeah, I mean, Croatia is another interesting one. This whole group should be quite fun. But yeah, Croatia, obviously, World Cup finalists last time out. Their squad is definitely ageing, uh, particularly some of their best players. Obviously, Modric, Perisic. Mm-hmm. Um, Rakitic. Rakitic as well, yeah. Can't forget him, he's a good player. Um, but yeah, they're going to be solid. They're going to be a tough game for anyone who has to come up against them still. Um, but you'd think they're they're probably second favourites for the group behind England. Um, but yeah, they, I mean they should get out of the group and they'll certainly give anyone a game. They're not going to just lie down, are they? No, um, I, d- I don't know if Rakitic is actually going. But he's not. He's I'll... not going. Rakitic didn't make the Oh yeah, score. he's not, is he? I mean, I mean they've still been... got some. They've still got some quality players in that midfield. I mean, Brozovic, Perisic. Yeah, well... Midfield Modric, and Kovacic. Yeah, they're, they're really good at midfield. And Perisic and Perisic, Kramaric, Rebic and Orsic up front, pretty good as well. They're all they're all quality players. I, I mean, quite weird that they're all they're they're slightly similar to England in a way that you look at the you look at the the back line and you think to yourself, yeah, Lovren, yeah, and you just. After that, you're just sort of a bit, you're not really sure about them. Whereas I would say that based on squads only on paper, you would fancy England to be the better side and you'd fancy Croatia's probably moment has moved on. But hey, none of us were sitting there at the start of the last World Cup thinking they were nailed on finalists. They had a chance, but they weren't. we didn't think they were nailed on. Yeah, I, I don't think too many people would have picked them to be the finalists of, of that World Cup. So they're, they're going to be... They're going to be a tough game for anyone, that's for sure. Certainly not when Kieran Trippier's uh, free kick at the back of the, back of the net. Disgusting, wasn't it? What a heartbreaking day. Um, Mike, 
if I'm looking for value in this group, what am I going for? Uh, yeah, my my pick here is Scotland to qualify at 11 to 8. It's worth mentioning that that doesn't mean they have to finish in the top two. Uh, they can come third and qualify because the top four third place teams also qualify. So basically, I'm backing them to beat the Czech Republic uh, and qualify in third. Of course, the Czech Republic no longer have Petr Czech, which is why uh removes the one thing that I always knew about them. Um they got a couple we, of good players as well, but yeah. Well, sorry, we haven't talked about them. Should we be talking about them to me? I looked at them and I'm like... Uh, uh. Not in particular, but obviously Sue Czech and Sue Fowl from West Ham. Um, Patrick Schick from Leverkusen. There's a couple of decent players. We did lose to them in qualifying, if you remember. So I tried to that out. Yeah, well, that, that did happen for anyone else. Uh, who can't remember. So, yeah, again, they're not going to be walkovers, but they're a team that England should expect to beat. Yeah. And hopefully Scotland will beat them too. Yeah, come on, England. And uh, Scotland, I guess. Um, Group E, which is uh, Poland, Slovakia, Spain and Sweden, or as I was calling them earlier. Um, Mike, obviously the big name here is Spain. A few years removed from their... Well, a few more than a few years removed from their absolutely all all-conquering side. Um, what do you make of this current crop? Do you th- Dark horses? Uh, yeah, potentially. What are their odds? They are 9-1, to one, so like joint 4th, 5th, 6th favourite with Portugal and Germany. Um, they should get out of this group, although there are a couple of tough games in there. Um, Luis Enrique in charge after... Mm. The, the carnage, obviously, that happened before the last World Cup. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, so Sergio Ramos not in the squad, which is obviously an interesting one, but they have an embarrassment of riches again, including signing Imeric Laporte from France, which is a nice little bonus there. Incredible, isn't it? Uh, I'm assuming De Gea is going to be their keeper, which I guess is, is a bit of a worry. Uh, Champions League winner Aspel Aqueta in the squad. Um, along with, is that the? I'm right that it's still no real Madrid players, aren't, aren't I? Which is, uh, which is not that I know of. Um, Looking at it, yeah, that there isn't any. But they've got talent, top level talent all over the pitch, apart from Adama Traore, who's, it, who's there for some reason. Looking at the squad, uh, I mean, obviously Busquets has got COVID now, so he's out. I um, forgot about this, yeah. So you'd imagine Rodri plays in the centre half. A lot. When I was looking through the squad and the amount of caps they had earlier, there's a lot of them who've got like between like 10 to 15 caps. And so it's quite a new look Spanish side in many ways, other than in midfield where you've got a few, you've got a bit more. Um, Dave, obviously Maratta up front. Um, laugh all you mm. want and I frequently do at Maratta. He's got been de- good this year. Got a decent record for Spain, but um, he's not exactly... I mean, we've Spain have proven to us that you can win World Cups without a striker. Um, sorry, David Veer. But um, what do you think of their chances? Yeah, I mean, it's a bit, it's a bit of a weird one. Like you say, it's some of the players in there obviously reflect that they're trying to get like new players involved, really. Um, especially when you look at the back. I know they've got Laporte, and obviously new for Spain, but great, very good quality. Got Alba and Aspilicueta, but then the rest of the defence, uh, like. Torres from Villarreal, even Eric Garcia somehow called up. Uh, Diego Lorente from Leeds. The midfield is, That's I'd Eric say, 
Huh? Sorry, I was just. How's Eric Garcia got a caller? No, I know it's it's wild, isn't it? Especially when you consider like Mario Hermoso played, I believe, most games for Atletico this season in a team that won the league. It's mm. or even Nacho Fernandez for Real Madrid. No, he's terrible. He's also injured. Yeah, but Eric Garcia didn't play at all. <laughs> anyway, Busquets obviously still a decent player to have. Somehow still only 32. Um, obviously you've got Thiago in there. Pedri's exciting. Koke is good. I, I think they're a decent, but it's not. It's not that generation of Spanish players that was all conquering, is it? I mean, I mean, yeah, they're not. They're still a decent enough team. They've got some quality, but I, I don't. They don't strike me as being like one of the top top teams. Like when I think of France or or Germany, for example. Yeah. You're, you're not worried about them beating Southgate's boys. I get it, Dave. I get it. Um, other than that, uh, Poland probably second best. Mike, you reckon? Uh, yeah, Poland. Yeah, Poland or Sweden, I guess. Um. Sweden were second in the qualifying to Spain, so they've obviously got a bit of history with playing the team we think will come first. Poland, I was just looking at their squad. It's uh, it's, it's okay. Person. There's not too many names that you'd recognise, but just just the one though, the one that really yeah, matters. To be fair, yeah, I mean, obviously we've been talking about where some teams are going to get goals. It's fair <laughs> to say we know where Poland are going to get goals from. Yeah. Um, Yep. Obviously, Lewandowski's up there, up there for them. Uh, but they also have a Chicago Fire player in their squad. So I think, yeah, <laughs> that, that is what it is. Um, the other team in the group, Slovakia, are going to struggle. Yeah, um, really going to struggle. Uh, they were third, third in their qualifying group behind Croatia and Wales. And you heard how we spoke about Wales. So, so yeah, uh, Slovakia to finish bottom at 10 to 11 is my little betting angle for this group for this one. Um, we're going to move on quickly because group F is the tastiest of all the groups it is France mm-hmm. Germany Portugal and poor poor Hungary um, let's start with France world champions obviously um, bidding now to become European champions um, for some of the squad like in Golagonte they are already European champions need I remind you um, Dave do you fancy France to um, follow up their World Cup win with a win here yeah, to be honest, I mean, last time in the Euros, they were the runners-up anyway. Um, and obviously, that group of players went one better at the World Cup. Um, I still think there are some of the players that were even fantastic at the World Cup have matured of that little bit more. And Bappe, for example, is just getting better and better each year, it feels like. Um, there's not really any players in that squad that have like got particularly old even since the world cup they're still all in like the sort of age bracket you'd want them to be in uh and mostly it's pretty much the same squad there's a couple of additions but it's it's pretty much the same squad that won the world cup they've not really lost anyone through age or injury no. um so i think yeah they're they're they, definitely it's it's hard with these tournaments to say someone's nailed on to win isn't it but i mean i'd expect to see them to see them up there, you'd, you'd say that you'd expect them to make the semi-finals, if not the final, really, at face value anyway. Dave talks about additions, Mike. It's a pretty key one, isn't it? I mean, obviously, Olivier Giroud 
didn't have a shot on target at the World Cup, but that wasn't his role. So they've now got a really frightening attacking three of Griezmann, Mbappe and Benzema, who's obviously yeah. the addition. Can you look past them? It's very difficult to, yeah. Five to one favourites to win the whole thing. Um, I guess the one of the only things that could stop them is this group being so crazy. If they somehow slip up against uh, um, Portugal or Germany in the group, um, it could be interesting. But yeah, like you say, the addition of Benzema is a, is a major, major one. We obviously saw some of his talent that goal against Chelsea in the Champions League, not that it mattered, of course, in the end. No, it didn't matter, did it? Um, but adding, goal, adding goals up top to the already world champions is a scary, scary prospect. Yeah, And and that's before you even look at the fact that they've got their stacked midfield with it. In I, I'm just looking at their squad and it is Ridiculous. unbelievable. Ridiculous. Um, Just quickly, Mike, before we move on to a different squad, um. Paul Pogba, if he lifts a Euros and they should do a World Cup, are you going to retract some statements? No, cash it in. Sell oh. him now while his, tra- while his value is at the highest. Okay. okay. We'll see how he plays. We'll see, we'll how, see, how, we'll see how he plays. I- I'll tell you what, it'll be well. Um, and you can follow it all here on the In and Around podcast, of course. Look at, look at that branding. Someone's taught him well. Um, <laughs> no, it's a bit of a toss-up, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for it. Germany, for me, second best in this group. Dave, what do you yeah. make of the Germans? Obviously, disastrous World Cup last time out, but they did win a World Cup in 2014. Yeah, I think the, this... Um, yeah, obviously, that was a horror, horror display from them. Um, but I think their the squad, to be honest, uh, some players since then have really come to a head. Like Gnabry, for example, back then was... Yeah, what was it? Was it Tony Pulis said he wasn't good enough? And now he's arguably one of the best wingers, I would say, in Europe. Uh, Thomas Muller, the evergreen. What a player. Oh, what a player. Um, football's weird, so Timo Werner's going to get all his XG from the Premier League in a totally unrelated I, format. I fucking hope not. Like, if he gets all of it back in this 1-1 after we spent the whole season waiting, oh, oh I'd be livid. Oh, I'd be so angry. But yeah, I mean, when I look at this German squad, they still have excellent options in every position. So yeah, I think that again, like France, you can't you can't go into these things saying like, oh, this team's gonna win or they're guaranteed finalists. But you you would expect them to go far. Um, just excellent players, and even even with this German team, for example, Gundogan, before this season, you might think, oh, maybe he's not that important, but he showed what he could do this season in the Premier League, and if they need to change it up, uh, yeah, I mean, another excellent player that they can rely on. Just stacked in midfield, aren't they, Mark? Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of it, there's a lot of experience in this squad uh, that Lowe's picked, obviously, this time around. I think that maybe is... Uh, some of some of the wounds from last time coming to surface, and he's not having that again. So, so Actually, yeah. I mean, the, the midfield is a joke. It's an absolute joke what they can bring off the bench. And we've obviously got five subs in this tournament. It's worth remembering. So you can mix and match often. And of course, if King Kai Havertz fancies it, there's nothing you can do to stop him. Um, if, with the Germans, though, obviously, it's not gone particularly smoothly in qualifying for them. Um, it's not gone particularly smoothy at all. I mean, Yogi Lowe's going to s- step down after the tournament. And there were some calls for him to go earlier. So obviously, it's not 
it's not particularly harm full of harmony there. Do you can you see that affecting them at all, or is it a case of just too much talent? It it's hard to it's it is hard to look past the talent, but anything can happen. We saw that obviously in the World Cup last last time around. I think. Yeah, I mean, it is interesting. This is obviously his last tournament. We, who knows how that'll affect it? Everyone knows that going in there. But I think these these players want to do it for themselves, not not necessarily for this guy. And I think they'll be they'll be raring to go, and especially in a group like this. I mean, it's yeah. a bloody cracking group, isn't it? Yeah, less chance of a, a France 2010 World Cup repeat, I think. Um, I think they held someone hostage. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> Nicholas and Elka for you, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Dave, uh, we'll skip over Hungary because... Um, yeah, so, sorry, Hungary. Sorry, sorry. I, I just think you're there to be chow for the rest of them. Um, Portugal, though, obviously winners of this competition last time mm-hmm. they played. Um have the ever reliant Ronaldo, but have other match winners like Fernandez and Silva in particular. What, what do you think? I actually think they've got a, a pretty nice squad, to be honest. Uh, I mean, as much as I, I don't massively like Man United players. Bruno Fernandez is, uh, you can't doubt his talent. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> nowhere. I don't like. Come Straight on, knows this. He's had enough of them. Uh, to be fair, usually when you think of um, Portugal and like attacking players like last time, I know they won, but past Cristiano Ronaldo, you weren't massively thinking of options. However, this time Andre Silva's probably had the best season he's ever had in the Bundesliga. Diego Yotta's getting better and better every season. Obviously, Juan Felix still only 21 seems to have a lot of, a lot of talent. Um, even in their midfield, to be honest, they've got like, Players like William Cavallio and Danilo, who can be in holding midfield. And then I'd say their midfield's pretty strong, to be honest. Um, obviously, Bernardo, like you mentioned. I think the defence is my issue with them, though, because when you look at centre-backs, I know they've got Ruben Diaz, obviously fantastic. But then the other two main centre-backs are 37-year-old Jose Font. I know he just won league, league but still... And Pepe, he's 38. I will will doubt Pepe when he's finally no longer playing. He's earned the benefit of the doubt. He's a bit of a mountain. I mean, then they've got Cancelo, who was fantastic this season, and Guerrero from Dortmund at left-back. So, mate, he's injured. He's not in the squad. Oh, We've been robbed. Not, not in what, the squad. What a wonderful player. Um, yeah, an, an interesting team, aren't they? They really are. It's a pretty good team. I think they're better than they were last time. I know Ronaldo's not. Yeah, that, that's what I think. That's honestly yeah. what I think. I think this is a better squad than the one they won with. But at the same time, Germany and France are now absolutely fantastic since yeah. they won. So. But, I mean, if, if you told me that Germany came third, I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah, if you told me that Portugal came third, I wouldn't be shocked. If you told me France came third, I would be. Um, Okay, so that was interesting. Mike, you got any value for me in this group? Yeah, this was kind of hard because it's a bit of a toss-up, but I've gone for France to win the group at 13-8. to You can almost get 2-1, to which I thought was pretty good for the the reigning world champions. And, I mean, everyone knows their squad. It's a joke. (laughs) Even in this group, I'd back them to... uh, 
to win it on what might be a low scoring points wise group. Mm-hmm. To be fair. Okay. Right. Let's have some predictions then, lads. Um, mm-hmm. Mike, who do you think is going to win the Golden Boot? Let's start there. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go for... Uh, I'm going to try and find someone that's a bit further down here. What about... It can't be Lewandowski. Oh, go on. Timo. T- Turbo no! Timo. No. Okay, no. Come on. Let's have it. Let's no. have it. I like it, but no. Bring it home, team. Well, don't bring it home, but bring home the golden boot. Interestingly enough, Euro 2012, when Torres was not playing well for Chelsea, did take home the golden boot. Joint with David Vera, I believe, but he did play Honduras. No, he didn't play Honduras. Who did he play? Not Honduras. Who cares? Golden boot. I don't know. It was irrelevant. Um... Oh, that might have been the Confederations Cup. God. Yeah, wasn't it like Puerto Rico at the Confederations Cup? Um, okay, I'm, let's move on. Let's get out of this hole. Uh, I'm picking Lukaku because he's brilliant and he's on red hot fire. And yeah, I, I just can't pick against him. Dave, yourself? Seven to, seven to one, by the way, for Lukaku. Yeah. I'm going with Antoine Griezmann. Got it last time at the Euros. I think he always looks great when he plays for France. Fair enough, fair enough. It's a good pick. It's a good pick. Benzema at 16 to 1, I quite like as well, by the way. I, I just. You see, I was thinking of picking him. Oh, God, I just fucking picked his name. Uh, I, was thinking, I was thinking of picking Mbappe. Um, let's quickly say who we're gonna who we're picking to win before going back to a few years. Mike, who have you got to win? Uh, I'm going to go Germany at 9 to 1, just so I don't pick France. Dave, who are you picking? I think France. I think France. And to be boring, I think so too. Mike, who's your dark horse? Uh, yeah, I think me and you are going to agree here, but Turkey at 66 to 1. I like the Turks. I think they'll do well. Uh, I'm the same. Dave, have you got a different one? Yeah, I I think Switzerland. They did well in their qualifying. I think they can get out of that group. I think they Even might bigger, go. 80 to 1. <laughs> there we go then uh, yeah fair I mean it'd be interesting if they do because I, I honestly I've never I can't remember the last time they're dirty up the last time I thought the Swiss oh, did the well. main man they um, have dirty up no they don't last player of the tournament um, Mark oh well if if I'm picking Germany and Werner it's going to be Werner isn't it It's, Dave? Which is not going to happen, but there you are. We'll have a bit of fun. Um, best player. Mm. Yeah, I don't want to be really boring. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for the legend that is Thomas Muller. He's going to do great for Germany. Oh, my God. I thought he was going to say Panda for a second there. Incredible. Um, I thought about it, Mike, but no. Before we all go, um, how much... Do you think fatigue is going to play into um, this tournament? Because you look at some of the squad makeups, like um, England, for example, got one got one of the youngest squad there, but they played they played a lot of minutes. Whereas Turkey slightly younger squad, or something like that. I mean, like are, you an, are you anticipating seeing games that probably are really good for sixty minutes, just for the last thirty? Yes. I mean, it, it does seem to have affected football all season, so I don't. I don't see why 
a two-week break would uh, would change that really for most people. And and a lot of them have played international friendlies anyway in that time. So I think the standard might not be as high or the pressing might not be as high, yeah, like you say, after 60 minutes or whatever. But there is five subs, as I said before. So potentially a bit of fresh legs can be brought on off the bench. That said... Um... Gents, obviously international football, the last one was pretty great. Um, usually a, a summer full of football is pretty good anyway. Um, you excited? Yeah, buzzing. Yeah, Can't buzzing. Wait. <laughs> buzzing. Um, well, uh, we'll be covering the Euros um, here. Yeah, everywhere. everywhere. Um, we still haven't decided quite what format our coverage will take, but we will let you know and it will be on this feed, so you don't worry. Mike, are you coming back for a betting pod this week? Are you- uh, we could do. I've just given out a fair few, so it's a, we could do the individual fixtures, to be fair. What do you reckon? I don't know. You you do what you want to do. All right. We'll see. It, if it, if we bother with it, it'll be on this feed. Yeah. Um, I mean, we probably won't get Henry Hodgson on the podcast because he's uh, still just in just sheer tears. At the... Yeah, I don't think he's <laughs> no. recovered. I don't think he has. It's probably not helping, though. I keep taking a piss. Um, if you want to follow... I guess I'll do it this week. So let's get into the the final preamble, Dave. Um, if you want to follow Mike, you can do so at Mikey Breslin on Twitter. He'll be letting you know who his new Joel Linton is. And Dave, if the people want to follow you to find out more about Goran Pandev, where can they do that? Uh, it's actually at Goran Pandev. I've changed my Twitter handle. At Goran Pandev facts or something like that. Um, no. no, just Pandev. I don't think the man himself has Twitter, so... Unbelievable. Uh, Dave's at Dave Harris underscore 44. You can follow me at World17, <laughs> but please don't please instead follow us at In and Around Pod, where we will be sharing all of our thoughts about the Euros throughout the Euros, including probably some some crying when J5 lifts the Euros for uh, Italy. Yeah, terrible times. But until next time, um, see you later. <laughs>